0: make good morning, church. Yeah. Yeah. Tell you about it. it's Hebrews chapter 9. Go, bro. Hebrews. Come on, Hebrews. Hebrews chapter 9. Come on, Come on, Come on, bro. You know, it's an honor to be back here with the family today. Yeah. You know, it's so great to be in London yesterday wow. for the groom honoring, amen? Wow. Because soon wow. to be in six days... I'm gonna be wed in the eyes of God and the eyes of many witnesses to the most beautiful woman in the world, Nevada Perezelle. And it's so so good to be back. It was so good to be back in London, why? Because it was like going down memory lane. We did the grim honoring in the household where dare we say I was born. Because as a disciple, sometimes, like, like, like in the Bible, you need your second anointing. Maybe the first anointing is not enough. Maybe we need a second anointing. I believe it was either David that was anointed twice, right? David or Samuel, one of those guys, they were anointed twice in the Bible. So sometimes, yes, we're anointed and we're appointed at baptism. But maybe there's a period in our discipleship when we're born again. What we have, then we say our growth spurt. Where we grow more than any other time in our lives, it reminds me of the anime Demon Slayer. Woo! Where we have the main character Tanjiro. Where on Friday we saw Victoria and Toma preach a crank and sermon. I mean, charge called Demon Slayer. And she, and I can't, I can't undermine the other campus students that preached that night. We had Albina preaching on One Piece. We had we had our new Fresh Out of the Waters baptism Botti preach on You Gotta Catch them All. And then we closed out with Kudokwashe preaching a crank in charge right there. Called Bleach Your Sins. Bleach Your Sins. But what something that, that Victoria mentioned was that Tanjiro had held onto his sword throughout four seasons. The four seasons. But he didn't become that demon slayer that we know him as in the first three seasons. So sometimes we need that second anointing. We need those seasons in our discipleship where sometimes nothing happens, just character development. Yeah. And then that's when we become that demon slayer that we've been called to be. And so that was my time in the household called the Company of Prophets. Woo. This was called the Burnt Oak cups. We were called the Company of Prophets. I mean, of course, amen is in the Bible, but before even Company of Prophets was mentioned even in the movement. And we got tagline, the Husband Factory. And yesterday, we saw the prophecy be fulfilled. I was there, we say, the last capstone to be placed and the answer prayer of the Husband Factory. We see Luke Snow get married first, and now he's going to be leading the church there in Ireland right there. He was leading the household. Then we have Paul Bussari, who now leads the East region and has a child and married to an awesome, awesome wife who also, of course, helped raise my wife right there. Then we also had Dominic Huletic, my brother-in-law, get married to my twin sister. And then this year, we saw my first disciple, six foot three, six foot, I mean, I'm going to be six foot two, right? Looking down. I mean, I hope he wasn't looking down on me, but I looked up to him. Demet, get married this year. Ironically, it's to to novella's best friend right there. Yeah. And then, of course, I was the last one to now complete the prophecy, The Husband Factory. Oh. Why was it known as The Husband Factory? We had Bible studies together. We prayed together. Our family times weren't even fun times. They were D times. They were D groups. We were, called. We didn't even, we were laughing about it. We, were, we didn't even take pictures when we were together. We're like, hey, this is what the degros probably sounded like. Bro, if you take a picture of all of us together, you're in sin. But of course, uh, amen, we actually just forgot to take pictures in our house. Because <laughs> we took a reunion picture of all five of us. But like, man, we have no picture to compare ourselves to. Right, but it's just surreal just to see where we're all at. Seeing the beauty of the power of a biblical household. Yes. A biblical household that puts God in the center. All nations. You have, a, you have an awesome German. An awesome Brit. Two Nigerians and one Asian in the middle. An all nations household. The power of a biblical household. Come on. That's, a to- that's, that's another sermon right there. <laughs> but the title of today's sermon is The Sound of Freedom. Yeah. The Sound of Freedom. You know, this week, Navarra and I, for our D time, got to watch The Sound of Freedom. Wow. And in my opinion, it's uh, uh, amen. Like, I love the passion of Christ. And I don't, I don't find it a coincidence that they use the same actor as the, as the lead role. I, this is hands down one of my favorite films of all time. I'm sorry, it's Beat Inception. I love Matrix, but dang, this film got me. Why? Because it highlights the reality of how dark our world actually is. You know, what, what, what is the sound of freedom? The movie recounts the true story behind a man called Tim Ballard, played by Jim Caviezel who also portrayed Jesus in The Passion of Christ. Tim, who quit his job with the Department of Homeland Security, tracks down child sex trafficking. Sex trafficking rings and rescues kidnapped children. His primary assignments with DHS included tracking down and arresting pedophiles who bought and consumed the contact content from the rings. But Ballard wanted to do more as depicted in the film. With every roadblock in its way, this film took five years to be released into cinemas, despite the fact that the filming had finished in 2018. You know, in the film, after Tim had one successful operation, saving some kids from a pedophile, he had one successful operation and he was asked, how does it feel giving someone their freedom back? He said it felt good. But yeah, watching the film, it brought a reminder of the scale of what we're doing today. Mm. We are bringing back the sound of freedom. Mm. That as disciples of Christ, we're called to bring the sound of freedom to the lost souls here in the Midlands. We're bringing back the sound of freedom to here in Birmingham. We're We're the ones bringing back the sound of freedom to the people here in the Midlands. Yeah. We're the ones bringing back the sound of freedom to the people here in Europe. Yeah. Yeah. And how does it feel? Seeing someone's freedom being given back. Mm. It's surreal. Mm-hmm. I'm reminded of Marcus Gussie's baptism. Yeah. It's one of my favorite baptisms today. As soon as he came off the waters, ironically, because he bumped into, into our father in the fray Frank, right, by the same place he got baptized, right? And so I remember him coming out the water. It was literally the view, the sound of freedom. He literally came out the water like this. Yeah, yeah. Joy on his face, knowing that he'd been freed from the oppression of this world. I'm reminded of Elijah's baptism. Yeah. 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 I nickname it the dancing baptism. Because we understand in the scriptures when the joy of the Lord fills us and consumes us the zeal of the Lord of our Father's house shall consume us He came up those waters dancing Now I'm not going to give you a demonstration but He was dancing right there True freedom True freedom You know I'm reminded of Raven's baptism After eight months Of wrestling. Dare we say, the spiritual daughter Israel wrestled with God for eight months. She finally got her new identity in Christ and she got baptized into the kingdom of God. True freedom. And I'm reminded two weeks ago of my son in the faith, Bati's baptism. Now, knowing Bati, he, you know, sometimes he can think he's the main character right there. He came up with main character vibes. We should have added some music right there. (laughs) But there was clearly a party in heaven right there. And Botti was was baptized into the kingdom of God. True freedom. That's the sound of freedom. But those are just a few who've heard the sound of freedom. Mm. There is still more that have yet to hear it. Point number one. Giving something is better than giving nothing. Giving something Is better than giving nothing. Hebrews chapter 9. Before we get into into the verse, Tim Ballard in the film, he gave up everything. No one, no one, not even Homeland Security that he was working for, after they funded him some money, they would refuse to fund him after a certain period of time. Because after he failed the first operation, Homeland Security was like, we're no longer funding you. Come back home. Yet Tim, the main character, still invested his life, even if it was just for one life. Because the previous operation, he saved the brother of now the sister he was trying to pursue. The sister, he saved the son from child trafficking. But he was like, "Are you? Are you? Are you Timoteo? Are you the guy who's who's the most proclaimed who 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 saves children? Can you save my sister? Can you please save my sister?" And despite the fact he only knew him for a while, despite the fact he only knew him for a while, he was like, "Okay, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go after him. I'm gonna go after her." Yeah. Amen. Amen. Yeah. Like, this 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 fly loves to be in the summon right there, <laughs> right? But no one would fund the operation after he failed the first time trying to get the daughter, the sister. But yet he's still invested. He's still invested. Wow, this fly is very persistent. <laughs> Amen. Come on, praise God. But no one would fund the operation. No one. But he still invested his life. Dare we say he self-funded himself for the mission field. You know, the question is as disciples, have we fully invested our lives? Have we fully invested our finances to the mission? You know, Tim Ballard, actually, the real Tim Ballard, actually had strong beliefs in God. And despite the fact being part of a false denomination, he still sold out his life to save many. And he literally said, before he was asked to write a script about himself, he was like, hey, if I don't get Jim Caviezel to play me, I'm not doing this. Because you know Jim Caviezel had conviction. Because Jim Caviezel filmed the passion of Christ. He nearly died filming the passion of Christ. (sighs) The cross that he was supposedly hanging on got struck by lightning. Wow. He actually got whipped so many times by accident whilst filming. Yeah. Wow. Do you know how many times he could have felt during the filming of even the Sound of Freedom and Passion of Christ that he may have wanted to quit? Mm. Knowing the persecution that was going to follow wow. but still did it. He even knew after he did Passion of Christ, he, he knew that Hollywood, never cost, Hollywood would never cast him for another film. Wow. He was willing to die to the dream career. Die. Mm. Wow. For his name being proclaimed. Mm, for playing Jesus. No, no, I'm playing Jesus because I'm going to die to myself. Wow. And use my life for Christ. Come on. But as disciples, do we have a conviction to sell our lives? Mm. Sell out our lives to save many. Realizing that, realizing that our lives aren't ours. Right. And neither are our finances. Yeah, come on, Just imagine the day, family, where we become self-funding. Just imagine how much more, how many more people we could save. Yes. God gives us money to see what we're going to do with it. Are we using our lives and our finances for God? Mm-hmm. Again, point number one is giving something is better than giving nothing. Come on, Hebrews chapter 9, Come on, says in verse 7. But, the only high, but only the high priest entered the inner room. And that only once a year. And never without blood. Which he offered for himself and for the sins that people had committed in ignorance. And the church says, "Amen." You know, in the Old Testament, high priests never came before God without a sacrifice. The scripture states that they never, they never, the once in a lifetime opportunity, once their time in that room to make a sacrifice before god they never came before god without a sacrifice right. and of course we understand yet jesus died on the cross he has now become the only high priest now is being the mediator between god the father and the lost world that's who the high priest was in the old testament they were the mediator they were the representative to even forget like hey i he's like, hey, the high priest was like, I'm responsible for the forgiveness of all this nation, all of Israel's sins. Right. I'm the mediator. But that's now who Jesus is to us. Amen. Come on. So now Jesus the high priest because he died. He was the last sacrificial lamb, amen? amen? So now we go to him. That's why we pray in his name. Yes. He is the high priest. He is the mediator between God, the father and the lost world. So therefore, we don't need to travel to Jerusalem. We don't need to get a perfect lamb for slaughtering. For the forgiveness of our sins Amen Praise God Because otherwise we'd be super broke By buying so many uh, plane tickets To get to Jerusalem I would have no money to pay For our honeymoon With my awesome wife (laughs) But also as disciples Since being in a relationship with him We also become mediators Between God And the lost world As a holy priesthood and you guys are holy priesthood by standing firm in the rain, amen? Because we know that God Almighty reigns, amen? Because without the rain, we'd have no crops to the field and we wouldn't have the food that we have today, amen? So we need the rain, amen? But the principle was, the high priest in the scripture, the mediator between God the Father and the lost world, us being the holy priesthood, should never we should never become, come before God without blood, without a sacrifice. So coming to church today, we should never come without a sacrifice. Mm. And we should never not be a sacrifice. We should always be a living sacrifice, as Romans 12 verse 2 says. Dare we say, without a sacrifice, even in the scriptures, there would be no forgiveness of sin. That's what a sacrifice is for. In order for there to be life, there needs to be a sacrifice. Despite the fact that Tim in the film, Tim Ballard had nothing in the film, he believed giving something was better than giving nothing. Amen. You know, I want to lift up Alex on yeah. yeah. I mean, did you not hear that smoking contribution? Yeah. No, I said, did you not hear that smoking contribution? Yeah. Yeah. He sacrificed time, Effort. He was like, I want to just pray God. When I get a car, I want to use this car for the kingdom of God. Amen. He drove all the way down to drop Novella and I to our, our bridal shower and groom, groom honoring, yeah. picked up the decorations for the equipment, on, and still drove us and, ba- and back by 230 a.m. in the morning. Yeah. Still showed up here on time yeah. with a big smile Come and on. asks for no thank yous. Yeah, no And still delivers a smoker contribution. I mean, clearly he he has an example. Because he's actually one of the biggest contributors to us today. In the Birmingham International Christian Church. Living sacrifice. He believes in giving. He doesn't believe in missing contribution every week. He believes in giving. You know, I want to lift up Bernard. Tirelessly serving every single Sunday. Tirelessly helping the cyber crank And asks for no thank yous That's your brother Bernard You know to the world The sacrifice Sacrifice isn't foreign The world believes in sacrifice They believe in sacrifice It is said that each week The average English household Spends £17.60 On alcoholic drinks They believe in sacrifice Netflix generated $24.9 billion in revenue in 2021, wow. a 23.8 increase year on year. That's $450 million a week wow. spent on Netflix. Hey. Wow. The world believes in sacrifice. Yep. Disney Plus yep. generated $5.2 billion in revenue in 2021, wow. an 85% increase year on year. That's 94 million pounds a week. Wow. Hey, you know what I can do that. <laughs> You know the most shocking? 2,670 pounds are spent every second on pornography. Wow. 2,670 pounds is spent every second wow. on pornography you know how much there is in a week? Times that by 14 million. I tried to do it and my calculator couldn't even do it. Wow. Wow. That's how much is spent on pornography. You know, every time we look at pornography and, and, and masturbate and go, give into impurity, we fund the very thing that was in the Sound of Freedom. Wow. Sex trafficking. Yeah. And sex trafficking is on the rise. It's actually because children are sold more Now than the drug trade Modern day slavery It's happening right now Right now Mm -hmm. Countless children Sold to 5 to 10 times a day Every time we pick up our phone And watch pornography Lost after that Woman for the men on Instagram We feed into this What we see in that film And we wonder why this film is getting removed in all theatres. Because it's exposing the truth. Something that's the idol in our pocket. Prostitution is easy to access on our phone. That's happening right now. Yet the world believes in sacrifice. Mm. The world believes in sacrificing for this. Mm. It can be said that many are sacrificing to these for escape. To be set free. They go to alcohol, Netflix, Disney Plus, and porn to hear their sound of freedom. Wow. Yet the meaning of escape means a temporary form of distraction. It's temporary. Many can find themselves sacrificing to temporary forms of distraction. So there never really is true freedom. Mm. And the word escape means temporary form of distraction. And distraction comes from the Greek word worry. Yeah. Wow. In Greek, it means worry means distraction in Greek. Yeah. Come on. So we can find ourselves dealing with distraction with more distraction. Yeah. Wow. We decide to live in ignorance. We can find ourselves sacrificing to things that can make us just worry more. Wow. Come on. The world is a never ending cycle of escapism. What's escapism? The tendency to seek distraction and relief from unpleasant realities, especially by seeking entertainment or engaging in a fantasy. Just like the film, we can find ourselves become so used to fiction that we prefer becoming lost in a story rather than confronted with the truth. We get used to fiction that we'd rather get lost in a story than be confronted by the truth. We get lost in the fairy tale relationships. We get lost in how, the, how movies depict father and mothers. We get lost on how the world is, how, how, how fairy tales of the world says, oh, we just have like a Disney fairy tale relationship. Just one kiss and we'll take, we'll take it to euphoria. We'd rather be lost in a fantasy, short, quick relationship, quick relationship. Because we're so used to fiction. Then understanding, it takes hard work. It took so much hard work of purity to produce Novella and I. It took a lot of advice. It took a lot of discipling. Novella and I will be sharing our first kiss at the altar. We can't overstate that. We can't look over that family. We get so used to fiction, we'd rather prefer a story than the truth. Wow. Well, my when we give something, we decide to bring the truth back to the world. Yes. We're not just saving souls, family. We're saving the truth. Yes. 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 Just like the scripture states in John chapter 6, by using whatever means, God took the sacrifice, a little sacrifice, just giving something of a little boy. And he wasn't even named. Well, at least he made it into the Bible, because sacrifice is remembered. By using by whatever means, God took the sacrifice of the young boy, his five loaves and two fish. And it could seem like a small sacrifice to many. Yet Jesus multiplied it to feed the thousands. How much more so our sacrifice? Amen. We can have those days where we could feel like there's nothing left to give. Just think. Giving something is better than giving nothing. Those days when we feel like we want to just throw in the towel, Mm -hmm. just think about it. Giving something is better than giving nothing. Those days when we want to give up, just think to yourself giving something is better than giving nothing. God sees our efforts. When we sacrifice for him, he sees us. When God sees Mama G giving her best effort every week just to make it to church, he says, I see you, Mama G. When God sees Orisha Blissett French. Giving her best effort every week just to fight for her relationship with God. Just to stay faithful and still one of our biggest givers in the kingdom of God here in Birmingham. God's like, I see you, Orisha. When God sees Daniel Latigo Lamb giving his best effort, having three to four guys on discipleship. He says, I see you, Daniel Latigo Lamb. When God sees Jeffrey. Giving his best effort, not allowing failure to be final. He's like, I'm getting that fruit. And he's got two guys on discipleship. He says, I see you, Jeffrey. Our sacrifice means something. Our suffering means something, family. Our perseverance means something. With sacrifice there can be forgiveness of sins. Amen. When we see Brendan get saved, our sacrifice meant something. Now I said when Brendan gets saved, our sacrifice meant something. When we see Mazima get saved, we'll see that our sacrifice meant something. Galatians 6 verse 9 says, Let us not grow weary in doing good, but at the proper time yep. We will reap a harvest Amen. We will save a soul yes. When we don't give up Amen. But when we give something It's better than giving nothing The challenge is simple Giving something is better than giving nothing Just like in our football later on Amen, Amen it's raining But let's give something yeah. Amen. Instead of nothing Come on. Let's give our best effort every week, family Let's dream to become self-funded one day, man. Point number two, bring them home. Turn your Bibles to Luke 15. Bring them home. That's point number two. Bring them home. I know in the UK we sing the song, It's coming home. It's coming home. (laughs) But it's more like, let's bring them home. Let's bring them home. Sorry, I wasn't in pitch there. Bring them home You know one scene In the movie Sound of Freedom After Tim And his team Busted a whole Trafficking operation And saved 54 children He wasn't satisfied he, Because he, was, he didn't find the daughter He was grateful that he saved 54 But he was like No I still gotta get that one He still had to go save that one more To bring them Back home After he saved one Or dare we say After he saved 54 souls He was like I just gotta get one more Mm. You know as disciples We're called to keep going After that just one more Because after he saved one He wanted to keep saving another So maybe it's just that one safe soul That will get us hungry To save another Luke 15 Verse 4. Suppose one of you has a hundred sheep and loses one of them. Doesn't he leave the 99 in the open country and go after the lost sheep until he finds it? Mm. Just like Tim in the film, the scripture states that we stop at nothing to find the lost sheep. Mm. Because the scripture states he goes after the lost sheep until he finds it. Tim in the film, stopped at nothing just to save one child. Right. Even if it was actually at the expense of his life. Mm-hmm. He was like, this kid's future is better than my life right now. The scripture says we don't stop right. until we find that lost sheep. And Jesus did the same for us. Yeah. He stopped at nothing to save us. Jesus did whatever it took to get us. To be open To get us to study the Bible To get us to wrestle with the scriptures But to get us to accept the scriptures He stopped at nothing to get us to become a disciple (laughs) He shed blood He got persecuted He got disowned by his family He was hated Falsely accused Physically, mentally and emotionally abused Just so that he could see us Study the Bible He stopped at nothing So that we could be saved So we Should stop at nothing Until we find the lost sheep Dare we say we Are bringing people Back home Verse 5 And when he finds it He Joyfully Puts it on his shoulders And goes Home Then he calls his friends and neighbors together and says, rejoice with me. I have found my lost sheep. You know, back in the first century, the symbol of Christianity was actually someone carrying a sheep on their shoulders. Why? Because then when you carry sheep on your shoulders, it forms the cross. The scripture states that we find the sheep, that when we find the sheep, we joyfully put the sheep on our shoulders. Reminds us of the scripture in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2. For the joy set before Him. We being that joy that He's carrying, forming the cross. That's why the scripture says He endured the cross. That's what it says with the joy before Him. We were that joy. We were that sheep that He put on His shoulders to form that cross. That's what it says for the joy set before Him, the sheep, us, he endured the cross. Amen. Yeah. He carried us back home. Yeah. When we studied the Bible, we didn't know we were lost. Right. What does that highlight? Sheep don't know they're lost right. until we take action. Come on. And the sheep can't save themselves. Yeah. Nor do they, do they go to the shepherd themselves. They don't even know what the shepherd is. They don't recognize the voice. Right. 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 And Tim in the film despite being heavily persecuted, being told that, it was a, that all of this effort he was making for one child was useless. All for this one child. He was like, no. He was like, what if that was your child? Right. Right. Yeah. Imagine coming home and seeing an empty bed every single day. Mm. Because we sing the song, there are many rooms in my father's house. How many rooms would be left empty? Wow. Wow. Because we didn't go after that lost sheep. Imagine having to look in that, every time we get to heaven, that room is empty. When we didn't reach out to that lost sheep. Tim never stopped. He stopped at nothing until he found them. And when he actually found the sister of the child, he overflowed with joy. And it was actually in a very hostile area. No one actually went there. It was actually a hostile area. He had to actually disguise himself as a medical team, a medical officer to get in because they were actually guns They were going to kill people, who, anybody who would enter the area. So he did wherever it took. He was all things to all men to save that one sheep. Come on. He could have said, it was a, it's not like me to be a medical officer. Right. But he was like, no, I'm going to be wherever it takes to save this one sheep. Come on. But yet when the child came across him, the child didn't know that they were lost. So they looked at him like, Like, strange. Because being lost became their norm. Yet, the child had to trust when the help came. But when trust, when we have to put our trust in someone else's hands, in God's hands that we say, we no longer have control. Just like that child, they no longer had control of their life. So when God takes us up, we no longer have control of the direction of our life. Because then Tim put the child back on his shoulders and ran back home. When we were found, we had to trust and we had to lose control of our lives in order to be brought back home. And now we are the ones called to go and save those who don't know that they're lost. You know, many rabbis at this time who were accusing Jesus in Luke chapter 15 of eating with sinners. They believed that God only received the sinner who came to Jesus in a certain way, a right way. They had to be in a certain condition to come to Jesus. And that can sometimes feel like us too. Man, I've sinned. I don't feel like I can approach God. Mm. But the parable of the shepherd and the sheep in this scripture, Jesus taught that God actively seeks out, seeks out the lost. He's not looking for a special condition sheep. It's the fact that he's seeking the sheep. God isn't agitated at the lost. God isn't agitated that we may have messed up. Mm. Instead, he actively searches after all of us and just desires for all of us just to come back home. Amen. Come on. And he desires for all of us the fact that we know the truth to go out and bring back as many back home as possible. Mm -hmm. Church, let's bring people back home. Mm -hmm. Let's help people to hear the sound of freedom, to set people free from enslavement, according, enslavement, to, enslavement to their sin John chapter 8 verse 34 People are enslaved to sin We got to set them free Let's be the people to bring back home To free people from contemplating From taking their life Let's free people from the prison of their mind Freeing people from drinking their lives away Freeing people Freeing someone From another sleepless night The challenge is simple family Let's bring people back home. Amen. Amen? Amen. Point number three. Come on, bro, bro. Come on. When God tells us what to do, we cannot hesitate. Amen. Wow. Wow. This was actually a quote from the film. When God calls us to reach out to someone, we cannot hesitate. When one of the characters was speaking to Tim, he said, Hey, when God calls, don't hesitate. Amen. Don't hesitate. When God calls us to reach out to someone, we cannot hesitate. When God calls us to spread the gospel, not gossip, we cannot hesitate. When God calls us to change, we cannot hesitate. What's the meaning of hesitation? The action of pausing before saying or doing something. That's what hesitation is. Synonyms for hesitation? Doubt. Wavering. Stalling. Waiting. Pausing. Delay. Indecision, skepticism, second thoughts. Synonyms of second thoughts. Worry, anxiety, doubt, distrust, mistrust, reservation. Does it describe some of us today? Are we caught hesitating? Are we, dare we say, being caught in spiritual purgatory? Wavering between two opinions. The Bible says in 1 Kings 18, if God is God, worship him. If Baal is God, worship him. Stop wavering between two opinions. Genesis 19, verse 16 talks about when Lot hesitated. Yeah. Let's go with that. Genesis 19. We're we'll bring it for a close here. Let's go, let's go, bro. Genesis 19. What happens when, when, when there's hesitation? Genesis 16. Actually, Genesis 19, rather. Verse sixteen. This is talking about Lot right here. Mm. Wow, my Bible loves holding itself together, right? Now. Literally, hand frozen to the sword right there. This is verse sixteen of chapter nineteen. When he hesitated, the men grasped his hand and the hands of his wife and of his two daughters and led them safely out of the city. And the Lord was merciful to them. As soon as they, had brought, as they had brought them out, one of them said, flee for your lives. Don't look back. Don't stop anywhere in the plain. Flee to the mountains or you will be swept away. So what happened? Lot hesitated. Now, amen, the angels actually helped him. But because of his example, his wife imitated. Wow. Verse 26. But Lot's wife looked back and she became a pillar of salt. So because Lot hesitated, his wife hesitated. His wife doubted. His wife wavered. His wife stalled. His his wife waited. His wife paused. His wife was stuck in indecision. His wife was stuck in skepticism. Second thoughts. What happens when we look back? We become salty. Mm. What's powerful about this is that what does hesitation do? What does it do? What did hesitation do to her? It got her killed. Hesitation and indecision can get us killed. Yes. Wow. Hesitation also means to linger in the amplified version. Amen, shout out Novella. Yeah. The meaning of linger means to stay in a place longer than necessary. When we feel stuck in our lives, the scripture says we're just lingering and hesitating. It also means to be unwilling. Meaning of unwilling means to be not to be ready. It means not to be ready. Yes. It means to not be ready or eager or prepared to do something. You know, I, I want to bring a truth towards the family today. Bring. There will never be a feeling of readiness. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But what was the task of the point? When God calls, when God calls, we cannot hesitate. Yes. God said a Lot through the angels, Leave now! Yeah. Become a disciple now! Repent now. Yes. Why are we waiting for a feeling? Right. Get restored now. Right. Just get right with God now. Yes. When God calls, don't hesitate. Oh, come on. Oh. Come on, yes. God came into our lives unannounced. Yes. Do we want notifications no. saying God is coming in 10 days? Right? I know. Amen. The sisters love preparation right there. I I know sisters love, you know, probably a time tree. I'm learning that in marriage right there. Organization. Amen, brothers. We've got to be organized. We've got to plan ahead. And fire up our sisters. Amen. Amen, brothers. Amen, sisters. Because they're going to submit to the plan that we have anyway. Amen, sisters. Amen. Yeah. God came into our lives unannounced. He didn't. So even when he, when he like the, even the last, the last, uh, the last point when he found us the, the lost sheep, he didn't say, okay, are you ready? Do you want to make sure you understand how to go onto my shoulders? Do you want to? Do you want to do some stretches? You, you want me me out? You want to? You want to? No, no, no. He was like, let's go. Yeah. Even in the film, Tim Timbaland was like, let's go. He was like, are you okay? He wasn't like, are you sure? Do you want a sandwich? Are you okay? You, 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 you want to make sure you're okay? Do you, you want a soft toy? Do you, what would you need? No. Say, let's get out of here. So that's like God in our lives. God comes into our lives unannounced. But according to Ecclesiastes 3 verse 11, in other translations, God does everything beautiful in its appropriate time. So God coming into our lives and calling us out at the right time to become disciples was the right exact time. And the fact that the opportunity has presented itself is enough. The fact that we have the opportunity to answer the call, that's enough. We don't need anything else We got the call, that's it Just don't hesitate When we hesitate We actually give up Our free will We actually give up Our power of free choice When we don't make a decision We give up our power of choice Because the opportunity given to us someone else may eventually take it instead. Yeah. Because we take too long to make a decision. On, when God calls, we cannot hesitate. For those visiting for the first time, study the Bible. Yes. Study the Bible. Find out what it truly means to hear the sound of freedom. Yes. And for those who are studying the Bible, just get right with God. Yes. Forgive the people. Yes. Finish the sin list. Yes. Just repent. Yes. Choose to be zealous. Don't hesitate. Right. It's okay if it feels out of yourself. It's okay. Yeah. You think? So? I mean, this is, this is, I mean, okay, Amen. If you had the Grim morning yesterday, you heard people share First Timothy 4:15. I was not like this when I came to Birmingham. Some remember I had a ponytail. Yeah. <laughs> I was small enough to be blown by the wind. Oh. Oh. I had questionable fashion. Michael called me out. <laughs> Wearing interesting jackets. I was there. We say tucking in every shirt, wow. even my sweaters. This was the days before I even used Vaseline. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. God changes us to make us into the husband we were called to be to find an awesome wife. And a novella would probably have not dated me. She would have said, heck no. That brother needs some... Okay, anyways. We cannot hesitate. And for those who have been around for a while, God is calling us. We cannot hesitate. Let's bring as many as possible back home. And let's give our best effort. Let's help others find the sound of freedom. And let's bring as many as possible back home and let them hear the sound of freedom, family. I love you and to God be all the glory.